Hello, and welcome to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Matt Mose. I'm Josh Chappell. Today, we'll be talking about the restriction of treasure crews, as well as the unrestriction of gifts ungiven, and then a discussion of the new cards coming into vintage in Fate Reforged. Yeah, so we had big changes in vintage uh, this past week. We should introduce uh, when... our special guest first. Oh, eh, <laughs> it's it's really fine either way. <laughs> it, it probably is. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna keep going. So we had big changes in vintage this week, and that brings us to our special guest. I was obviously segueing. Oh, obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> that brings us to our special guest. Today we have uh, Andy Probasco, the brass man, famous vintage player extraordinaire. Sure. And and he's gonna he's gonna walk us through what's good about gifts ungiven. For any of you who didn't hear, this past Monday we had treasure crews get restricted and gifts ungiven unrestricted. So sort of expecting some upheaval in the format as a result of that. Or at least people are gonna test a lot of decks and see what comes out of it. So thanks for being on the show. I think that before we get into the monstrosity that is the gifts on restriction, because that's, I mean, that's huge, has an awful lot of vintage history to go along with it. I think it's interesting to talk about treasure crews getting restricted, especially to me. I find it interesting that treasure crews got restricted and dig through time didn't. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I I think treasure crews really proved its dominance online because there wasn't, well, in our area, anyway, in Ohio, there wasn't a whole lot of Delver Treasure Cruise decks being played, but I know it was the most popular and uh, one of the more powerful decks online, so it's sort of dominant there. Granted, I haven't played with it a ton in Vintage, but it still seems a little premature. I mean, I get like Modern Legacy, whatever, but I don't know. Vintage has a lot of stronger cardboard that can usually handle things like that, but I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually my issue with it. Is I'm I'm surprised they they restricted it so soon in its life cycle after yeah. only was it, it's been six months since it was printed. Has it really been that long? Jeez. I just, I didn't even think it was that long. Maybe no. Actually, I think it's three. It's been three months. I mean, it's certainly got an easy comparison to make with the card that is already restricted, and that probably lends to it being the favorite as far as getting the axe. But, I mean, as we've talked about, Dig Through Time is really, really good. Like, man, that digs deep and gets good cards at instant speed. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure Dig Through Time isn't better in Delver. I mean, it's obviously better in, like, the combo decks that are using it, but having played Delver just a little post-Treasure Cruise... A lot of times, like you have it a Delver or a Pyromancer, and you don't want to draw three cards, you want a counter. You just want right. any counter or any disruptive spell. You just want something to hold them off one more turn, and, you know, you're not tutoring for Time Vault Key, but you want to find something specific. Right. Um, and if you, look at, if you look at seven cards yeah. in your deck, and a deck as consistent as that one, I mean, that deck has yeah. like quite a few four-ofs and stuff, you're going to find what you want. <laughs> and if you don't, then... You just found seven cards that weren't them, and the two, you know, ponders you found, or the two prearians you found, are going to find yeah. whatever you're missing, right? The, yeah. The two best cards of what you looked at are going into your hand, and the two, or the five worst cards that you looked at are going on the bottom of your library, and you don't have to shuffle right away. So mm-hmm. it, it really does move through your deck pretty quickly. I mean, I've been playing that four dig combo list and was loving it, so. It makes me wonder if this is sort of something like preordain and ponder 
where mm-hmm. they feel like one of them needs to be restricted and one of them can remain unrestricted because you, the, you can only play five of this effect. That's what they're going for. <laughs> yeah, right. Instead of playing eight, which I don't yeah. know, maybe would we get there? It's possible. Right. But I mean, that's a lot right. of delve at the same time. Yeah, you, you couldn't play eight of the delve card. Oh, watch me. Lies. Watch me. <laughs> I'd legally do it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, the last tournament I played in, I played Blue Red Pyromancer. And had uh, six delve spells, and I would probably go to seven and probably test eight. Like, would you ever run anything like uh, this? Is like coming from playing in Legacy. Would you ever run anything like Thought Scour? Like, like, the deck doesn't actually put cards in the graveyard that fast. I mean, yeah. it well, gets cards fast, but it doesn't run anything to do I, that. I, I did test based on the recommendation of someone on Twitter whose name I'm not remembering right now, but uh, someone was was playing. Uh, Jeskai Ascendancy in Vintage with Thought Scours and eight Delve Spells. And I tested that list. I mean, not his list, but what I figured his list would be. It definitely played. Like, you ripped through your deck real fast. Yeah, that, that, that actually does make sense. But, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I haven't had... I mean, I've been playing the Delve Spells since they were printed in greater quantities, I think, than most people have been playing them. And I haven't had a problem delving. Like, it's, it hasn't ever been an issue for me to get cards in the graveyard really and you know launch one and you know sometimes I'll end up paying two or three for treasure cruise or you know three or four for dig through time but it's I mean I think that's a fair point too because you know a lot of times you're like well you know I can afford to pay four mana for this spell so you don't really have to delve the full so. yeah I, I was just going to ask that like how often do you you have the cards to delve but you just don't do it because you don't have to this turn. It, it comes into play. I mean, usually it's like whether you have an ability to get cards out of your graveyard or not. I mean, I'm the Gush Dig combo list. I, I mean, I have Yogg Muswell and stuff like that. So obviously I will try and leave things like Black Lotus and Ancestral and Time Walk in my graveyard if I have them. Otherwise, I don't worry about it. Like, I've delved those cards as well. So I don't know. I haven't had an issue with delve and other graveyard items colliding very much. I, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I've played a lot and just... Had great experiences all around. I do think that Treasure Cruise, the concept of it being uh, premature, I feel like we hadn't figured it out yet as a format. Yeah. Like, we figured out Delver, that's great, great deck, yeah. but it, there's nothing special about Delver that means you want more cards or you put more cards in the graveyard. Like, every deck wants extra Ancestrals. Right. Lo- lots of decks run cantrips. Uh, I love the, I mean, I haven't played it, but I love the Gush combo deck that I saw of yours. I feel like there were a lot of other decks out there. Like, yeah. You know, well, that's. I feel like people, like people found Delver immediately, but they never went beyond that. I mean, as far as I was seeing, like people weren't doing anything else, anything creative. It was just like, oh, this deck works. Let's stick with this. <laughs> well, yeah, I, pl- I played a, like an old Grixis kind of control deck, and I threw some treasure cruises in there, and it just felt kind of clunky. Well, at the same time, it, it's funny because now that Treasure Cruise has been restricted, I've seen people in our chat who are like, well, now that Treasure Cruise has been restricted, people won't know what to do and they'll just be dirtling around because they, all that they've done for like the past three months is draw cards and now they won't be able to do that. I'm going to keep playing Dig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really... The solution here, I think, is that anybody who is playing a ton of Treasure Cruise should just try out Dig Through Time and find right. out if that works and or is better. 
and go right. from there. If, if Treasure Goose should have been restricted, and I don't know if it should have or not, then Dig should also be restricted. It's, it's just as good. It's going to cause a problem. Yeah. If Dig is fine, then Treasure Goose is fine. Like, yeah. But we'll, we'll see. That was another thing, is that I think like Delve as a strategy could be hated on, but one of Dig and one of Treasure Cruise, like, you're not going to play Graveyard Hate to combat those. Like That's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that's one of the things, is if you have those cards available to you and you're using them, and mass, as it were. And graveyard yeah. hate is just so good in vintage as it right. is. I mean, yeah, there's reason it, to play it anyway. If you just throw graveyard hate main deck because there's delve everywhere, you get so many other right. benefits out of that at the same time. There's different kinds though, right? Like rest in peace beats delve, but Tormod script doesn't beat dig through time. That's true. Yeah. Kind of makes dig through time better. Right, right. Deathrite Shaman is kind of in the middle. Like sometimes oh. it'll stop them, but sometimes yeah. it's slow. Well, in my in my experience, Deathrite Shaman was too slow. Like it couldn't keep up with them. You'd outdraw them anyway, and then continue to resolve your delve spells. I remember when the uh, Treasure Cruising date came out. We kind of tossed around the idea of like a blue white rest in peace helm yeah. combo control deck, and it you know we didn't really do much with it. So I don't know. Maybe that was a reasonable solution to fight those right. delve spells, but whatever. Well, there there was um. I mean, I think some people did try, you know, Humble Obedience and Rest in Peace in a blue control deck, and I know Nam Tran played two-card money a couple times and, you know, did well with it, because, I mean, you have main deck ley lines then. I think having Delve in the format kind of made it more interesting. Like, you, you had some opportunities to aggressively hate the graveyard and stuff like that, so... I don't know. I, I'm fine with Treasure Cruise being restricted because I think it is a really good card. Like, there's no question that drawing three cards at the time is busted. But, yeah, it just seemed like weird timing and disagree with her method, even if yeah. their end is correct. Well, I know at the, at the end of our last episode, we were tossing around the idea of Treasure Cruise getting restricted. And that time, like, I thought, I didn't think there was a chance of it getting restricted just because it was, it just still seemed way too early to, to bring down the ban hammer on it, the restrict hammer right. on it. But, hey. They gave us back gifts I'm given. I like the idea of them making big moves, even if it's a mistake. I've always liked that. I mean, if they if they have to restrict gifts, fine. Like restrict it again, but better to do that than just. This just doesn't get a lot of shaking up when right. new sets come out. I don't think you find any disagreement here. I mean, uh, I think nope, that totally most of us are of the opinion that vintage can adapt to pretty much anything, and right. it's it's if you shake the format up, we'll deal with it and right. see where it goes. So I think the one, the interesting thing we were talking about in the chat the other day about the gifts and restriction is, I don't remember where it landed, but it seemed like this is the first time that gifts and gutch have both been unrestricted. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, because gifts was restricted when gush was unrestricted the first I, time. I think that is actually not the case. And someone's going to listen to the podcast and have this right in front of them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I remember the last SCG tournament where gifts was legal. And Flash was also legal. I was really into Flash at the time, but I played Gifts because it was the last. And also Flash was bad then. Like some of the kills weren't printed yet. Not all the cards were around yet. But you, I you were still looking at uh, what was the disciple uh, of the vault and all the zero drop artifacts. Yeah, I, it's like a tangent. But the the weekend that they eroded Flash, I played Rector, which was not oh, yeah. which was not the best build. But when no one else in the format 
had seen a flash deck before, they still had no idea what was, was coming. Still pretty good, still, yeah. Still pretty good. And I, I think at the time it was, it was maybe Disciple, and then shortly after it was Slivers, and then shortly after it was the weird Revlark. thing with Body Snatcher and Revlark, whatever. Yeah. Um, All right. I am looking <laughs> at the timeline of Bannon restrictions right now. Yeah. So I, I believe that, and you're about to tell me I'm wrong. You're, I you're right. Flash, Gush, Brainstorm, Merchant, Scroll, Ponder, all get hit at the same time. Yeah. That was different than, than I guess. June, June of 2007, Gifts was restricted. Um, Voltaic Key, Black Vise, Mind Twist, and Gush were unrestricted. June 2008 was when Brainstorm, Flash, Gush, Merchant, Scroll, and Ponder were all restricted. So there was, Gush was, Gush was restricted. I mean, Gifts was unrestricted. <laughs> Gifts was restricted, restricted, Gush was unrestricted, and then Gush was unrestricted for a year, and then it was restricted again. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you so were this correct. is the first time we yep. see them either against each other or together. Yeah, right. it's going to be interesting to see if Gifts as is as dominant with restricted brainstorm and merchants role. Those are probably pretty big cards to deal that day. Well, I know that Abe is continually arguing that when Gifts was restricted previously, it wasn't even all that dominant in the format at the time. It was already past its heyday. Yeah. I remember it was definitely on a decline. I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't say it was a bad deck. Um, I know that a lot of people were sort of hybridizing... So, so you had the gifts controlled X, and it sort of got a little more comboy and a little more comboy, and people started adding more and more rituals, and then you had gift stacks that basically had, you know, all four rituals and, uh, you know, basically like a storm deck, and then people started playing intuitions instead of gifts, <laughs> and so first you had both, and then you sort of everyone was just like, I want to do turn one, turn one. It wasn't like gone from the format, but it was definitely losing some popularity. Yeah, your merchants call for ancestral, ancestral gifts figure out how to win with your gifts. And then they just realize, oh, once we get Ancestral, we can we can win however we want. We don't need to play this four-drop to do it. We can, we can simplify that a little bit. I really want to say there were other factors. I just do not remember sure. what they were. I know <laughs> um, this is going to sound crazy, but I know even Mind Sensor was just printed mm. around this time, and it actually oh, yeah. sort of beat the crap out of gifts. Not the deck, but the card itself. Sure. Um, yeah, I remember that. Cause yeah, that's... Not everyone was on that, but the people who were, were it wasn't pleasant. Yeah. Um, a lot of little things. Flash was, I, I was just more interested in Flash because it just was the new thing. And everyone was cyborging for gifts. Not that I know what a great cyborg against gifts is, but everyone was gunning for it. Right. Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's, it's interesting yeah. how that rise of Flash, because Flash received that errata. And then Gifts was restricted, and it wasn't until a year later that that Flash was restricted. Right. Yeah. Well, Flash was sort of bad for a while, or or took people a while to put it together like the right way. Well, there are a lot of there are a lot of. I mean, we can talk about terrible people playing Gifts. There were a lot of terrible (laughs) people playing Flash. That like it was easier to play Flash. Everyone who played Flash was terrible. It was was awful. There were some nuances there, but you didn't really have to know them. I, st- I still, and I, we're, we've been talking more about Flash than Gifts in this podcast, which is <laughs> yeah. but the Waterbury tournament where um, Outlaw Justin Timoney won with Flash. I remember he was against Rich Shea, and game two, like Rich Shea had a bunch of mana drains in his hand. <laughs> and he's like, Rich goes, land, go. And Justin's like, land, go. And Rich is like, fetch, land, go. And Justin's like, land, go. And then Rich goes, end of turn, crack, fetch. And Justin just, in response, Flash, you lose. <laughs> and, uh, he has oh, all these, these uh, oh. drains in his hand. Just like it was all little tiny edge case plays because it compressed the entire game into like one and a half turns. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> there was interesting stuff to do in there. And I just love that you get to run like twelve force of wells because you have the pack 
after negations and you don't care. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. not getting another turn. It's it's over. But <laughs> that that's long gone. But who knows with what Wizards is doing now. Yeah, I think I, tomorrow. I think the people yeah. have said that Flash may be maybe next, maybe safe, but that remains Flash to be seen. Flash does not seem safe to me. <sighs> I don't know. Because today we're talking about gifts ungiven, actually. Right, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what gifts did in the past. I mean, I think the the best-known gifts archetype is the combo control list that you'd have mana drains and you'd play gifts and you would either tinker or play tendrils, usually after setting up some combo where you can play Yawgmoth's Will and oftentimes play rebuild in a bunch of moxes and then tendrils. Is that... Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were so many variants. Honestly, they were all pretty similar. Uh, to try to do a really like quick history, the very first decks... I don't know if I came up with the first deck. I was the... I placed in a, an SCG in America for the first time. I think there was some Europeans doing something similar with a, in retrospect, not that great build. Uh, <laughs> that one with, uh, it had a Tinker and a Dark Steel Colossus and a Goblin Charvelcher and a Mana Severance. Severance, yeah. It could, it could kill with that. I don't remember if that list had Welders or not. I, I played versions with and without with Welders in Mind Slaver. Yeah. Cause Control Slaver was big at the time, but this was definitely a different deck. Right. Um, so that was around for a while. And I think the the real, the mean deck gift, which I think is what most people think of when they think of right. it, I think that was years later. There was this a really interesting sort of footnote. There was a period of time. Well, we sort of realized that the, the Belcher Severance wasn't entirely necessary. <laughs> uh, it was useful, but um, definitely not necessary. There was this period of time where they errated Time Vault Oh yeah, differently than it is now. So you uh, used flame fuselage. Yes, flame fuselage. Uh, so time vault, you used to be able to, you could untap it by skipping a turn. You could do it whenever you wanted to. And you could you could bank those turns in advance. Yeah, exactly. when magic you, had an idea. You bought it, you skip the next a million <laughs> turns, and you deal a million damage. Um, which is really interesting because it's very similar to how well he plays out now. Like how you would play that is very similar. It's just cost two more mana. That was a list. Some people did things with Burning Wish, which worked differently at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you because you could get cards that were removed from the game, exiled or um, from your sideboard, you could do a lot of crazy tricks with uh, Recoup and Yawgmoth's Will. Yeah, because uh, since Yawgmoth's Will exiles itself, you could go get your Yawgmoth's Will if you needed it again, for example. Yes. The, one of the craziest things I've ever seen, as far as that concerns, is a friend of mine, uh, Andy Farius, he's Nefarious Lich on TMD. He was at a tournament. He was playing against, I think, a stack stack. It didn't have like too many lock pieces out, but the game went to time. He couldn't win the game. I don't know if his win conditions were removed, but he just couldn't win the game. He actually managed to take all five turns of time. <laughs> by, he tutored for time walk, and then he recouped to flashback the time walk, and then he burning wished to tutor for the time walk, and then he flashbacked the recoup to flashback the time walk to take the last turn. So the other guy couldn't do anything to kill him. Moral victory. Yes, yeah, that's the yeah, that's a win. That's the sort of stuff you can do, and sometimes it even wins you the game. It doesn't try. <laughs> uh, but those uh, those are the less interesting wins. Yeah, basically, and then the decks sort of get more streamlined. Where we realized it really wasn't that hard to just kill the tendrils, even if you weren't playing with Dark Ritual. Right, you're gonna get a Lotus and a Yog Moss Well, and that's half the battle right there. Um, right. The mean deck list, which was really popular, was very, very focused. It was four Merchant Scrolls, four Gifts Ungiven, four Brainstorms, obviously everything yeah, four was. And, uh, it even ran, um, they, they were, like you were saying, their whole gameplay was like, I'm going to play Merchant Scroll for Ancestral, I'm going to cast it. That's the first thing I do every game. So right. because they know they're going to do that, they run like two to three misdirections just for that. <laughs> uh, cause they're like, well, maybe the other guy's doing that too. Kind of what goes on with Mental Misstep now, but 
right. but a little different. And that deck, I think, often just had just a Tendrils and a Tinker Colossus, which was worse. Tinker Colossus was worse at the time. Some lists would run Burning Wish main deck and, and Wish for the Tendrils. Some lists would run the Tendrils main. But like I was saying, towards the end, people started making it more and more combo-y. Sort of because they were those decks were good in the mirror, and the mirror you'd be faster, and you had more duresses, and oh sure, um, and sort of all kind of butted into each other, and got less good against the rest of the field that right. did not lose, did not care about your misdirections. You know, that's basically it. There, but there were lots of variants. People ran uh, oaths. I think in a sideboard more common than the main deck, but that definitely was a variant. Trying to think if anything else was would would you just be like oathing into Colossus or did you have like the whole oath package with orchards creatures and oath itself? Yeah. Uh, you'd still play a tendrils, right? Like it was yeah, it was there like was oath was a semi backup plan, and you'd have this and you you could also play like um, tendrils. You <laughs> you had the old oath combo kills, so you'd run like one Colossus and one like Crows of Reclamation. Yeah. So oh, you can oath okay. your deck and then get back will and then go off that gotcha, way. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Um, it's it's sort of what ended up being laboratory maniac of mm-hmm. um, Yeah, basically. You play a control deck and set up a way where you can either win by oathing or win by playing Yogmoss Will and comboing. Uh I I think probably my favorite gifts variant that I played was uh, sort of short lived, but it ran um it ran a bunch of repeals. Which for a weird short time were good. I keep trying to bring them back. They keep not working. And uh, and empty the warrants. When empty the warrants came out. Oh yeah, I remember uh, that. People kind of didn't see it coming. Uh, it was really good against stacks if they hadn't set stuff up, which lots of stuff is. But yeah. you know the old stack stacks couldn't really handle. You didn't need to storm to ten, which you couldn't do on turn one. You could just go, okay, mox mox, repeal mox, replay it. Twelve guys, you lose. Yeah. Or, or even just like eight guys, six guys, they're going to lose. They can't do anything. All they have is smoke sacks and tangle wires, which are pretty bad against you. Th- this is when I was playing Belcher, so yeah, empty the horns yeah. are pretty good against stacks. Yeah, and it was nice against control decks too, because they right. they usually couldn't stop you from playing a small ten, a small empty. You couldn't, right. you know, cast ten spells in a turn, but you could, you could get some. Um, that was and a, they weren't necessarily prepared for for that kind of yeah the goblin swarm. swarm either. Yeah, and I mean, eventually that got, everyone was running answers to that and not the other things, and mm-hmm. you know how that works. I do have to back up and just one of my most vivid, most favorite memories of playing vintage ever was that it was a small. Not very important power tournament somewhere in Massachusetts, and this is the first time I had ever played gifts. And I had goldfished it and tested it a little bit against people, <laughs> and I thought it was great. This was like I I built from the ground up myself. I'm sure other people also built it from the ground up themselves at the same time, but um, I had no idea it was going to be the best deck for a long time. I just felt like this is fun, and I just yeah. remember that. And at the time, gifts had just been printed, and people online are, are basically... I remember the general vibe on the Mana Drain was... It's too expensive. It was almost as good as Factor Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Factor Fiction was restricted at the time. And right. A few years back was the big, like, blue-based Factor Fiction deck. Where, like, it can't... It's not good enough to resurrect that deck. So I remember the first time playing a Factor Fiction, and I find the four cards, and it's, it's, a, it's a kill... And I show it to my opponent, and my opponent is like, oh, that's that factor fiction card. And he's reading it, and he's, and he, he's looking at it, he's like, oh, he pulls out, he's pulling out the cards he wants to give me. So he pulls one out, and he gives, and he's about to give it to me, and he looks, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, you don't want to give me that. that. <laughs> he puts it back, and he's thinking, oh, I'll give you these two. It's like, oh, no, no, no. And he puts it back, and it just, this slow, like, creeping horror appears on his face, when he slowly <laughs> realizes, like, wait a minute. There's, there's just nothing. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> it's not actually a choice. It looks like it's a choice, but it's not a choice. <laughs> um, that's where actually the, 
we we named uh, our, our name for the first gift stack was SSB, which a lot of people thought stood for um, short bus, which is the name of our team, short bus severance belcher, uh, because that's what was in the deck. But the actual name of the deck was from Shane Stutes was short bus smallpox blankets. That's basically that's, said, uh, gifts we give them was that kind of gift. That's that's really terrible. I uh, that's, that's oh. not funny. Oh man. Oh man. So, but um, but that actually brings us to one of the things about gifts is that I think you were saying that a lot of people when they're untrained or unskilled with gifts, they'll gift for a good pile, usually like draw spells or some good advantage cards. But what they really could be doing is just going for the win. And so a lot of people, when they play gifts as novices, they're, they're missing a lot of opportunities to just outright give you that pile where there's no good options. I wonder if you could uh, expound a little bit about that and maybe give some people some insight into what kind of piles they should be looking for. Uh, sure. Um, and that's obviously the... Anytime anyone talks about gifts, they always ask, like, oh, what do you get? And it's right. just sort of an impossible to answer question. The easy answer is just you're probably closer to winning than you think, like, right. always, and always assume that it's there. And just look for it for some amount of time. A lot of people default to just getting four draw spells. And honestly, I mean, sometimes that's the best thing to do. And sometimes, often if you gifts for a kill, you're kind of... You're saying, if my opponent has a counter, I'm going to lose this game, which is not always what you want to do. But a lot of times people don't realize the kill is there. I'm trying to think of... Uh, well, honestly, if your opponent has the counter, shouldn't they have countered the gifts? Well, that that was the general strategy, though sometimes you run people who wouldn't. And in, in various, depending on what the month was, different hate strategies would be sure, around. Yeah. People, if people have instant graveyard hate, you got to kind of not go in for that. If people have a lot of swords to plowshares, you don't want to try to kill with the Colossus. But usually when you're resolving gifts, you're you're free and clear. But I guess you sometimes just now. Now it's even harder though. It's actually much harder now because of the conditional counterspell, right? Like things like mind break trap. And, yeah, you can you can yeah. go end a turn, play gifts, and untap and go off, and they have a fluster storm that they couldn't cast before, right? Or, or a mind break trap or a mental misstep, um, right? So now it's actually a lot harder to do that. So it might be more often right just to get value cards. Well, it's it's interesting because I was just thinking even um, uh, ravenous trap is good against gifts. <laughs> Because yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That automatically puts three cards into your opponent's graveyard. Like you get to use that right away. I was really back in the day when people were playing Extirpate. I was very afraid of Extirpate because it was a card you couldn't mm-hmm. do anything about. Right, you had ten counters in your hand. Now I never lost to an Extirpate, and <laughs> anytime anyone had Extirpate against me, they would always make like these terrible plays. Like I, I, again, another aside that has nothing to do with gifts, but you know, the, if you're removing a card from someone's deck that they didn't want to draw, you just help them. Like if you're, oh, yeah. if you take all the fetches out of their deck when they're going off, even if you take the forces out of their deck, if if you're the one, like if they're the one going off, they don't need the forces. Uh, right. If if you're playing, you know, red black aggro, like they're not trying to force will all your stuff. In practice, it never really hurt me, but I was always terrified that I was just gonna recoup something and get it extirpated. I don't know if Recoup belongs in the modern gift decks. I don't have enough testing with it yet. A lot of people don't seem to like it now. Not that anyone has tested much of anything at this point. But uh, that often is a part of the uh, of the piles that always win because you you always get it whether they give it to you or not. If you get, right. if you get Recoup and Yawmusk Will, you have a Yawmusk Will. If you put a Lotus and a, an Academy in there, um, you get to you're going to be able to cast it. So if you already have winning cards in your graveyard, you can you know you can make sure that right. you get it. Lotus with Recoup is interesting because if Lotus and Recoup are in the same pile, 
it kind of doesn't matter in which order they give it to you. If the recoup's in your hand, it costs two. If the lotus is in your hand, the recoup only costs one. Um, right. Uh, I just mentioned Academy. Academy, uh, this is something I sort of forgot and delightfully remembered when playing <laughs> the deck recently. Academy's always good. If you're running all the moxes, it's great. Uh, but I forgot how much you actually tutor for it. Like how, yeah. much, how much better it is in gifts because you're tutoring for it because pretty often it's, you know, it's a Lotus. It's adding three or more mana. Um, right. It's all blue mana, which is important. Keeping that in mind, some people don't necessarily, aren't necessarily going to look for or I don't know, generating a bunch of mana as opposed to just getting four good spells. Right. You have to seriously think when you when you play the gifts and you think you're going for the win, you have to just in your head, there's only like four combinations they can pick. You have to know you have to know which one they're going to pick and it has to be fine. Yeah, right? Right. You have to know which one you're never you're never don't try to trick the other person. People do that all the time. You know, they you hope they pick the wrong cards. Yeah. You, you have to have a plan if they don't. Right. Though you can, there are bluffs where, like, if you have, if you have the regrowth effect in your hand, if you have recoup or snapcaster or regrowth in your hand, or, or heaven forbid, Yalmas will, you can do different things. You can sort of, uh, you know, you get vault and key, but you don't really want vault and key. You wanted the other two cards, and you can force them to give that to you. Right. I, I have a question for you, Andy. Have you ever gifted for island and snow covered island? I, I feel like we talked about this in chat the other day. <laughs> I did once, and it was a mistake. <laughs> I've heard of people doing it to win the game. Uh, I always ran the snow-covered island. Yeah, and, and I did I, when I had uh, Charbelch on my deck, so it was actually even better for me, because I was literally trying to gift to take lands out of my deck uh, yeah. to kill someone. <laughs> but it wasn't the only four lands in my deck. So it didn't, like, turn a random situation to a win. It, like, gave me some odds, and I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious that I could do it. I, did, I didn't lose the game because of it, but it was definitely the wrong play, and I made the wrong play because I was like, oh, this is neat. I do that all the time. If I learn some trick, some, like, rules trick. I want to have it happen. I've Being so cool is better than winning. Repeals and Divining Tops and, um, like, uh, Voltaic Keys. I'm like, I'm going to draw five cards, even though I could have just played a relevant spell. I'm just, oh, I got all this mana, I'm going to draw these cards. Um, <laughs> I, I have lost because of that, not specifically because of the Snowcover Island, but yes. I've heard of people winning off of it. It's not going to matter now, but it will get interesting because there's going to, yeah. people are going to go through a period where the gifts players will add snow covered islands to their deck. And then if you play against someone and they play a snow covered island, you know they're playing gifts, which means oh, yeah. if you're not playing gifts, it's correct to run snow covered island. Yeah. Even maybe run all snow covered island because then they're definitely going to see it, which yeah. means if you are playing gifts, you don't want to play the snow covered island because even if you can get it, it's like the edge case is like less valuable than the information, which is still an edge case. <laughs> like, like it's never well, really going to matter, but you're talking these tiny, tiny edges. I feel like the, that never matter. I feel like the snow covered island thing is a a myth, a legend. Well, just a practice actually that that is carried on even without unrestricted gifts. Like people I know are still running a snow covered island in a deck with a gift. Or work, you know. Yeah. When it was restricted, it was like, oh, just in case I need to get it. It's like, <laughs> you are literally never going to get that, ever. <laughs> I know people yeah. that play snow-covered islands for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Well, there's that, too. But, I mean, that's... When I started in, like, 2002, there was a deck that ran, it was a Dreadnought deck, like a Illusionary Mass Dreadnought deck, yeah. that ran snow-covered swamps for Tainted Pact. <laughs> it ran Tainted Pact. 
which is it's, it's two mana. Uh, you flip. <laughs> it's like a demonic consultation, but you have to stop when you flip over two of the same card. Oh yeah. Oh, you, yeah. you reveal cards oh. until you get something you want, and you stop when you hit two of the same card. Oh. So ran like a bunch of this. I think it was like onslaught fetches were around, so it ran like. One of each fetch that one of each. could get the swamps and like, like what, you know, like one swamp, one snow covered swamp and then like duels that like it didn't need. Right. <laughs> just, just so that you, your tainted packs would just be demonic consultations. Fascinating. Uh, that was hilarious. Oh man. That, that to me is a much better use than, uh, <laughs> than gifting. That, I can see that. You don't want to, you don't want to flip up two swamps in a row in that deck. Man, why, why, why are we trying to break played. gifts? We should be breaking tainted pact right now. Still <laughs> illegal. <laughs> I'm, I was thinking that I, I played snow-covered islands and snow-covered swamps in my first ever real, quote-unquote, real uh, vintage tournament because I had some, I think it was Viscerid Drone in my yeah. deck, which we you are can sending... sacrifice snow-covered lands to have different effects. Yeah, we are sending uh, everyone to the Gatherer today. <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm looking right. Oh, that's good. Sacrifice a creature to snow, snow-covered swamp to destroy target creature? That's serious. Scrying yeah. sheets? I've always wanted scrying sheets as well. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I try. Snow covered mana base, so scrying sheets. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't run fetches or duels, but. Right. I, I, I ran. All the cards you'll draw. I tried scrying <laughs> sheets in that mono blue Dark Depths deck, cause I had the, the Dark Depths are snow covered, and then my entire <laughs> mana base was snow covered islands. That's and, awesome. And. How, how many I, cards did. Did it draw you the whole time you played the deck? I tested it and I, I ended up just drawing like one or two cards over the whole period of it. Cause like you have, <laughs> you have something like a one in four hit chance and it just wasn't worth the extra colorless land. Cause I mean that, that deck was already playing a bunch of colorless cause of, uh, Thespian stage. So yeah, yeah just, I, I wanted I, it to work. <laughs> I, I swear I remember it. I don't know what it was. Somebody running uh, an anti-snow-covered land hate card, like some something from Ice Age in the Gifts era. Just uh, to mess with people. I'm 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 like looking through gathering now to try to find what it, I don't remember what it was. So, melting. Uh, maybe melting no, is, just makes them not snow covered. Yeah. Like thermocarst. Yeah. Which doesn't even. I'm looking at it right now. You just gain a life if it's snow covered. Yeah. <laughs> There's something that like actually like hoses snow covered lands. Maybe it was from Cold Snap. I don't remember. I, I know that there's something in Cold Snap that there's something in Cold Snap that will like destroy work. snow permanent. Yeah, I, yeah, it definitely didn't work, but somebody did it. <laughs> I don't know. So, so now that Gifts is unrestricted again, uh, what are we looking to do with it uh, in the current metagame? I mean, are we still going back to the old Brixis lists and recoups and Yawgmoth's Will and Tendrils? Or I'm pretty sure that I'm looking forward to beating up people who are going to badly play Gifts. Mm, yeah, it's, I mean, it's I guess, pretty good. Yeah. I, I have high hopes for it. I think it's going to be good too. Like it was. I mean, I remember being, you know, badly beaten by it in the past. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I better with gifts than any other deck, so I'm super sure. glad it's back. I'm going to play it, but it's it's not going to be as good as it was. It's it's not really even the brainstorms and merchant scrolls that scares me. It's that stacks is way better than it used to be. Right. Uh, Oath is slightly better. I mean, Oath used to have brainstorms and merchant scrolls too. Now they have Grizzlebrand. Yeah, but they have Grizzlebrand now. So you used to be able to like they play the Oath and you don't care, and then they play Orchard and you don't care, and then two turns later you don't care, and then and then you have to do something. But now right. you because they, they used to get angels. Yeah, <laughs> which you were kind of cool with. The fish decks may be better. It's hard to say. 
there Those was, are always hard to tell because it's yeah. just how good the person is who built it, <laughs> whether was, they predicted the metagame correctly or not. There was more null rod at the time. Right. Like fish decks all just ran four null rods. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing more now. Um, yeah. I hope we don't, but we might. <laughs> um, Dredge is better. Dredge was around for a short time when Gifts was around, but that was it was a joke at that point. Uh, I, I expect and. Um, I'm sort of bad at magic now, so any predictions I make are suspect. Uh, You're in the right place. <laughs> I, I, I suspect it to be the, the best of the blue control decks. Like, I don't think LSV's uh, Dig Through Time deck, I don't think that's... I, I think you had gifts to that, it's better. That that style of deck, which was not... Like Tezzeret, a Tezzeret-style deck, would be better. Yeah. Than does that well, mean... Does that make it the best deck in the format? I don't think so. I think it has a place. Yeah. Um, I think it has whatever place that that Grixis and Tezzeret deck had before. It's hard to say. Yeah, I think well, we haven't we haven't seen a lot of mana drains recently. I mean, I think that one thing Gifts might will, will probably do is bring back mana drains to a, a more prominent position. Like I think we'll see a mana drain deck where we really haven't seen mm-hmm. something dedicated to resolving mana drain on something and putting that mana somewhere <laughs> somewhere good. Yeah, yeah, mana drain is fun to have. Right. I think it would be really interesting to see what happens with the Vintage Super League because that's going to start next week. So I'm curious to yeah. see if anyone comes up with something oh, yeah. newer um, to play gifts in. I'm wondering if we'll see anyone on the Vintage Super League really mess up a gifts file. <laughs> Somebody will. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. uh, yeah I, uh, I've been, I have been testing a, a lot of gifts recently, and it's it's so hugely different depending on like what time of day I'm testing, <laughs> how rested I am. It's rough. The thing I have with the deck is the like that first gifts when you don't like when you don't have uh, a lotus and you know an ancestral in your yard already. When you don't have right. you know this business going on. When you don't have an academy and three moxes and you're you're gifting because you have the man out of gifts, but you probably can't win off of it. But maybe you could, but you just you don't want to figure it out because you're just testing and you're like, oh god, this is this is too much work. Let's see if this resolves. Yeah, it, you know, you can. It's awkward because you can get the four best spells in your deck, but then the second, the third, well, then the first and second best card in your deck are in your graveyard. Um, right. Maybe the third and fourth are good enough to win. Maybe they're not. So you can't you can't just go, you know, ancestral tinker, time lock, yawkwell, because. You, I mean, you end up with probably ancestral time walk, which, which is great, but you have so many less cards to draw now, right? Um, because of that, it's some some of that I'm sure will be uh, people playing gifts a lot will just get used to that kind of scenario, be more comfortable with that kind of scenario, and sometimes that's the right thing to do. But there's definitely different moves to make in the early game that are that are tougher when you don't know what your opponent's doing, when you don't know whether they're trying to win fast, or trying to stop you from winning. Totally different things you should get. But you can't just not cast the card, especially if you're playing with four. Uh, you kind of yeah. have, to, have to do it. And that'll be... Some players will get very good at it. I hope one of them's me. Probably won't be. Uh, <laughs> many players will not. That's what's going to happen. I mean, how do you think that Gifts compares to... Well, how does Gifts compare to Dig Through Time? Is it more powerful, less powerful, just different decks, or is it... I mean, I, I want to say more powerful. Um, I haven't... I, I played with Dig Through Time. I played with Charter Cruise. I probably haven't played as much as you have. They're they're sort of different. Dig Through Time is it's much better in that situation where you don't right you, you're not trying to win. You're just trying to generate an advantage because then you just get the two best cards and, and go about your day. Right, uh, sure. And you're not forcing things in the graveyard. You're not sort of exposing yourself to graveyard hate. Even though like if you have a rest in peace, you probably didn't cast it. But yeah. um, 
So it's hard, actually hard to say which is better if they are heavy or hate. It does, gifts does require more out of your deck. You are forced to run cards that are, I wouldn't call them dead, but, you know, the card that, the cards that dig through time are good with are like extra preordains. Yeah. Whereas the card that gifts are good with are, I mean, recoup, maybe not recoup, maybe snapcaster or regrowth. Sure. You know, tendrils, which is obviously a good card, but also obviously not something yeah. that you want, you want to see in your opening hand. Uh, that kind of stuff. You're sort of committed to, um, to running some of this stuff. Sure. Um, and on that note, I, I have no idea what the right, like what the right kill is. I don't think there's a there is a right kill, but for yeah. for any given le- list, like I've been playing with tendrils and vault key and tinker colossus, and you know sometimes it's awesome <laughs> because you you easily put stuff together, but then sometimes you have a hand with two or three of those cards in it, and it's kind of awful. Yeah, I, I think that that's worth noting too. I don't think we specifically pointed that out. Gifts has never existed in conjunction with Time Vault in its current form. I mean, it used Time Vault in the old form, but that Time Vault and Flame Fusillade seem worse individually. They are much worse individually. <laughs> um, right. In the old style. And and it costs two more mana, which is yeah. not a lot, but it's four to six. It, it's it, we're talking about small numbers. You can play Voltaic Key on turn one. And then Time Vault on turn two. You can't play Flame Fuse a lot on turn one. Yeah. And Time Vault on turn two doesn't work. It's, it's, it's a oh, big yeah. I actually think White Steel Colossus is the biggest change. There were almost every gift stack before ran Dark Steel Colossus. And you would set up kills with just Dark Steel Colossus. One example, you would need a bunch of mana to do this, but one example is you could gifts for Time Walk, Recoup, Tinker, maybe almost, well, maybe Lotus. Or, or maybe Burning Wish, I think. But basically, the idea is you would you would get these cards, and then you would tinker, and then you would time walk, and then you would time walk again, all off of one right. gift to kill the Dark Steel Colossus. And you could do that. The fact that you only have to time walk once is like, it's, it's a lot bigger than it yes. might seem at first, right? Because that's one less card you need to gift for. Yeah, resolving time walk yeah. once is pretty yeah. easy. Resolving time walk twice is a lot more complicated. Yeah, right. I haven't done this too much of testing, and, and again, I think a lot of people are sort of not leaning towards recoup because it's an uglier card. But uh, if, if you were to get Tinker, Recoup, Time Walk, Lotus, you'd do pretty easily for not a lot of mana investment. I haven't done it out. I don't know which cards they would give you, but um, that's it's it's not too hard to to get the mana. Or you could just like give yourself a Yogwell there because you know they can't give it to you. Right. That is incidentally, I sort of uh, glossed over that before. That is one gifts trick. Is is using cards like Y'all Must Will to get the cards you really want because you know they can't give you the other yeah. ones. Yeah, it's not like you don't also win if you get Y'all Must Will. Like normally you don't want Y'all Must Will in the pile because they're not going to give it to you and then you're in trouble because you just lost your Y'all Must Will. But there are situations like if you have a Time Vault in play, you can get if you have a Time Vault in play, you can get the key knowing that you're not going to get it. But that means right. that they have to give you two out of three cards, which is a much better situation. Sure. And depending on how your deck is built, you have more or less opportunities for that. Yeah. I am sort of really excited to see if it works with Gush. We'll see. Uh, in addition to just Gush being relatively broken, that also gives you Fast Bond, which is just one more card that you can give for really, that, yeah. that they can't give you. It's it's hard to tell how that will affect the game, but it, it could actually be big just because right. you're just trying to get that one card that they can't give you so you can get the other card. Right. Uh, well, I remember gift stacks being very mana heavy. Like they wanted to have lots of mana in play, whether it's land or moxes or whatever. And, and mm-hmm. gosh, decks are usually very mana light. So I'm, I'm interested to see how, how people end up putting these cards together because I'm sure they can work together because they're both very, very good. You know, resolving either one puts you way, way ahead, but the strategies that I've seen with both of them are different. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Gush decks often don't run five moxes, 
Right. Um, gift stacks would be terrible if they didn't run five boxes, etc. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it, they might not be compatible at all. Um, I've yeah. played a little bit with it. I like it so far, but I've nowhere near enough yeah. information to to state anything one way or the other. That's never stopped anyone before. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna keep running it, but we'll see. I'm I'm wondering if the gifts on given restrictions gonna cause you to dust off the pyromancer suspension, Jeff. Oh God, uh, probably not. Probably not. Just think of what happens if it you can't resolve be... gifts with an uh, with the <laughs> pyromancer. <laughs> Twice. That's pretty good. Uh. Uh, stop giving me bad ideas. Do it. So, well, that's that's like the last thing with gifts. How you can you can just get the two cards, like the trick. Oh yeah. It's never right, but you can (laughs) you can cast gifts and only find two cards, and they both go to the graveyard. So Fire Rancers actually, you could you could like set it up. You could get like two lava darts in the graveyard and start flashing them back to add counters. I don't know. Whoa. I, Whoa. I did Jess. There you go. Turning. I I did actually once see the only time I've seen that work. I'm sure it's worked for other people. Was uh, Ben Qual, top eight of some SCG where he was playing gifts with welders. Yeah, he just gifts for like a like a Sunder Titan and a Mind Slaver. <laughs> and just you know, and you one and then the other. Yeah, which is fun. I I doubt. People have talked about running welders now. I don't. I don't like it, but it doesn't mean it. You know, yeah. people were running welders a few months ago. People love welders. Yeah. Well, he's it's fun to play. With welder, whether you get two cards or four, it's very good with the card. Yeah. Uh, even better if you have vault key in your deck because you play a welder and you just give us for right vault key lotus mind slaver vault key time walk ancestral whatever you want to do you're gonna win. But I don't know. We'll see. Some, someone's gonna try that for sure. I'm not gonna try it, but somebody yeah. will. They'll do okay at least. Should be fun. Let's look ahead a little bit, and with with all of these these changes from the banned and restricted list, we also have Fate Reforged coming into Vintage. I think, really, there's only one card to note. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I wrote an article, <laughs> I, I wrote a set review and included several cards, but I think really the only one that is going to be a player in the format is going to be Monastery Master. It's it's very comparable to Young Pyromancer, but it also has some significant differences that lend some different decks to to the format. I think it could end up being a slower win condition than I mean, well, rather I should say it could lead to a more controlling deck than Young Pyromancer decks have been. Rather than rather than being aggro control, they will be more strictly control. He seems okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just down <laughs> on this. Love gray ogres, right? <laughs> Uh, it's true. I, I play with it. I like it. I, I do too. We'll stop playing with it now that gives us around. Right. Well. He had his time in the sun for no time, given that he actually hasn't been released yet. But, yeah. but I think I think if you play with it a little bit, you might be impressed because it really can go from you know having nothing on the board to making that guy and then next turn attacking for. For 30 or 40 damage, like it's it's not difficult to do. When we talk about this, the thing I just come back to is if you're attacking for 30 or 40 damage with Monastery Mentor, you could have just cast Gutter Snipe and your opponent would be dead before you even needed to attack. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Wait, so is, is that even true? That's not true. <laughs> Depends on how many tokens there are. I guess. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's awesome about Monastery Mentor is 
you like you play it, you play uh, one cantrip, two cantrips, and then they kill the mentor. Right. The the tokens are they're still something. They're still relevant. They still have the prowess. Uh, if you have three tokens out, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, you know, I I, I totally miss that the tokens themselves have prowess. So did, did you just learn that right now? Yeah, I just did. I just was reading the card. Uh, it, and... it's, it's a big difference. Yeah, that that's that's a little bit different. Prowess is an impressive ability. It's, it seems okay. Into a gush deck or you know any deck that has a bunch of cantrips. I'm still not going to pay $25 for them. Well, that's, that's, that's what prices are for. <laughs> the thing that was most intriguing to me that was brought up about Monastery Mentor is that both Mentor and Areo are monks. <laughs> hey, I told you that. <laughs> I know. It was great. I was so excited about that. Oh, I, I, I have built those both in the deck and just... See I, where it goes. Mostly because you can call it Vintage Monks, which is it just people... You want to play a deck called Vintage Monks, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There, there's a lot of synergy there, too. They both... Yes. And anything they, that they both like similar cards. Yeah. And, and Mentors in White, which gives you, like, uh, Arcane Lab if you want it. Well, Arcane Lab's blue, but the other one. And either one Canonist. Yeah. Well, like, it, I mean, White does give you some, some interesting hate, but I think that the big thing is that cards yeah. like Steel Sabotage are really good with Monastery Mentor. And also Arreo. Yeah. And yeah. it's also really good against jobs. Like you well, the, the Lab is, it's hate, but it's a kill with the Arreo. Right. Yeah, they you just... can definitely lock people out. Done it before. Well, awesome. I guess they, <laughs> the other decks have caverns now too. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's interesting. Probably yeah, not good. But... No, I, I don't, I don't think it's. It may I go think... somewhere. It may not. But Maybe I'm. Maybe the field of gifts. It'll be amazing. Everyone starts playing combo, and you just throw <laughs> them all out. I, I mean, I think that what it comes down to is like Arreo is a really fun card to play. So it's the kind of deck that people will play that people might pick up just because hey. I can play this again. This is a really good time. Right. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because it was really not fun for your opponents. That's, <laughs> that's, that's I, I'm pretty that's sure that's so good. Yeah, yeah the whole point of this is to make your opponent not have fun. <laughs> this is like obvious, but uh, monastery motor triggers on moxes. Right. Which is it, it's a small thing, but it means that the deck sort of encourages you to run moxes, whereas the Delver deck encourages you not to run moxes. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it could arguably at this point in vintage sort of be a personal preference thing, but I personally tend to gravitate towards the decks that <laughs> want moxes over the decks that oh. don't. It, there's also the uh, divining top synergy, mm-hmm. which I thought was a joke, uh, but it was actually pretty good when I played with it. Which yeah. is, uh, I mean, if you have two divining tops, then you can just keep cycling them off the deck as much as you have. Yeah, as much as you're gonna add, just make that many guys and give all your guys that bonus. If you just have one top, you can still just every upkeep put on the top of your deck, draw a card, get get just like one bonus guy each turn, which is well, one bonus guy and multiple bonus toughness or yeah, yeah. bonus power. Bonkers. Uh, I sort of expected that to just be oh whatever. That's cute. <laughs> It actually, it adds up. I only test it with just two sensei tops, but like when it happens, it's good. And it also, um, it means like your random dead main deck Hercules recall is like kind of good, just just against whatever, because you just bounce two moxes and replay them, and you right. have, like ten extra power on the board. Right. Which is nice. All pleasant little things. When yeah. uh, this is a rules question, okay. So when you like, say you play a mox with mentor on board, the mentor gets plus one plus one. He creates a dude. Does the dude get the pronk off of that, or the dude needs uh, the next spell? I don't think so. No, it shouldn't. That's what I figured. Okay, wanted to make sure. Because the dude wasn't in play when the right, was. right. Two toughness is also more than Pyromancer, which is yeah. relevant because there are a lot of hate cards around right now that just deal one damage to everything. Yeah, like um, Electric or whatever else. Yeah. 
it's also not that hard to make a survival lightning bolt, which is such a great feeling when they bolt your mentor and you just play two cantrips and it survives. Like you don't even right. it. You just eh. blow out. Um, yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm I'm excited about it. I I will probably pay some amount of money. No, that said, it does cost three. You're not going right. to yes. do what you do with Delver. You're not going to just like play one on turn one and play a bunch of cantrips next turn and just. That's fine. I don't like I don't Delver. Like Delver. Yeah, it's it's not a bad deck, but I don't like it either. Right. No, I mean Delver the card. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Because of but what I it think, represents uh, for blue, or because of what it has done to every single format where it's legal. Forty years never flip. Uh, <laughs> That'd no, be a great reason. I, I don't think it's as good in vintage as cards I want to play in vintage. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, it's a legacy card. It's just I don't like Delver. I don't like playing Delver. I find it just the best possible hand in Delver is just like eh. But the worst possible hand in Delver is like all right. <laughs> so yeah. consistent, but it doesn't like the top. The best hand you can get is like a Delver and two counters. Right. Maybe a Bolt, depending on what you're doing. <laughs> every deck has hands that beat that. Now, do they get that more often than Delver get this average hand? Maybe not. Probably not. Yeah. But you can just open up your hand against Delver and be like, oh well, this this game's over. Yeah. Because I know they don't have better than two creatures and two counters and right. maybe hmm. removal spell. Yeah. But Monastery Mentor, that thing can just go off. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it does have more serious combo potential than, than I think Pyromancer does. And I think that's, that gives it some interesting qualities. And without too much effort, like you don't, people were talking about putting it into Bomberman shells and stuff like that. It's like, there's no need for that. It, yeah, it, you, you don't need to. Yeah. But, um, I think we're pretty much wrapping up, is it? I think it seems good. Yeah. We've already talked about a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we actually had like, Someone respectable in the vintage community. This is so strange. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I don't know about that. Gonna, yeah, nobody remembers him. Set a new standard <laughs> it's of excellence. True. I, I, it's not as fun as it used to be. <laughs> I got this 2005 Gifts Ungiven Belter Control Primer article we can link to. Oh, great. <laughs> awesome. Some, oh, some of those old articles are real bad. <laughs> I wrote, and you can you can put this on the podcast. It's fine. I remember I wrote this like really long article where. It was, like, sort of the beginning of Mean Net Gifts. I don't think they had, like, a really good build yet, but they had, like, an okay build. And they I wrote they this, didn't have a name for it yet. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote this article basically, like, explaining why, like, my deck had, like, two Merchant Scrolls and, like, two or three Gifts I'm Given and a bunch of Thirst for Knowledges. And I wrote this whole article explaining why, like, your Thirst for Knowledge is, like, better than your extra Gifts I'm Given. And I was just wrong. Yeah. Just straight up wrong. <laughs> I, I, like, at the end of it, my deck didn't look like Mean Net Gifts. I, I liked my deck more, obviously, because I played it. Um... But the some of the arguments I made were in the beginning were not. Were is not this a problem? Yeah, I, I like, well, that... well, thirst for knowledge is better if you don't like how good gifts is, scales with your experience. We talked about that before, right? Yeah. So if, if gifts, if I'm only playing like the last gifts that just wins you the game and that's it, then I don't want to play two gifts in a row. I want to play two thirst and then a gifts. Right. And that's better for me. But once you kind of you know once you get used to it, you're like ah well maybe I could have just played the gifts the first time. <laughs> um, and thirst was still. Good, but it wasn't right. better than gifts. Right. Um, I, I remember that Menendian wrote a three-part series on the gifts versus Belcher matchup. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I was integral in, in the <laughs> testing for. And I, I, I can't even imagine how that goes. It's like survive first turn. Things are looking pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty much how it went. <laughs> I thought- a lot of people didn't realize that Gifts was a combo deck. I mean, it, right. it's a combo control deck, but they didn't realize that it could win on turn two a lot. 
yeah. can win on turn one. Um, you know, it was so that's probably why you wanted to compare it to Belcher. Right. Belcher, the fastest deck that has ever been uh, right. against this other like against a control deck, but sometimes the control deck is faster. Not most of the time, but it it happens. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore, but still, it's still pretty fast. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here and uh, talking to us a bit about gifts and sharing some experience with us. And um, we're, I, I for one, I'm going to look forward to playing gifts in an actual vintage soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Matt Mose. I'm Josh Chappell. And I'm Andy Probasco. And we hope you'll join us next time for more Serious Vintage. Chip a little chip.